0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Talking City, the Manchester City podcast from the Manchester Evening News. Uh, I'm Simon Bajkowski, I'm joined by Stuart Brennan.
1: Hello there.
0: And I'm very happy to have Ian Cheeseman back on the podcast. Howdy.
1: <sighs>
0: He's so American, Ian. <laughs> um, Can I
2: just point out at this point, we are actually in Miami. Um, we're not just sitting in some dingy hovel in Chadderton. <laughs> um that's why that's why ian chose to go all american on us at that point yes well i thought people would work out that we were in miami well not necessarily never presume carry on
0: Uh, and there aren't any lights on in the hotel room so it's not i wouldn't say it's dingy but it's atmospheric shall we say it's
2: more atmospheric than Chadderton?
0: yes Yes, Um, so yes we've just made it to Miami after watching Manchester City play Liverpool last night in New Jersey It was an atrocious pitch, it was teeming with rain and uh, there were loads of positives weren't there Ian? Uh,
1: There were certainly positives in the first half hour Um, Eric Garcia was a standout player for me in central defence, thought he looked really good He's, He's quite a small player You know, he's not physically either big, built or tall. No, but yeah, he reads the game well. He's not
0: quick either, is he? No, you know. But yeah, he reads the game well, as I say, and he
1: his distribution is good. It'd be interesting to see whether, when it's not in this atmosphere of being a a friendly, whether he can produce it. You know, in sort of a more competitive environment. But nevertheless, he looked all right. It was also interesting to see Zinchenko playing that holding midfield role which uh, I personally haven't seen him play before and he only did it for what a, a half or I can't remember if he played slightly more than a half but he certainly looks comfortable in that position I thought although the fact that he's very left footed and I don't know it's because of the way a right footed person or right handed person like me's brain works but when you see somebody who's left footed they almost look more one footed than when you see a right footed person you know when you look at Messi or you looked at um, you know, Maradona or somebody in in history. You know, even sort of Rick Holden at City. You know, whenever that with a very left footed player, always looks very one footed. and I don't know if that's. Unfair, but Zinchenko. You just mentioned Maradona, Messi, and Rick Holden. All in the <laughs> same sentence. Yeah, absolutely. That has never happened before. No has being made. No. And the album. inch <laughs> yeah. So Let's mention him in that. Okay. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so it just felt to me sometimes that when he was in that role, he looked a little bit unbalanced as a central player because obviously we used to see him play on the left, but actually thought he did
0: all right. Well, as a left footer myself, I might. Add myself to that list. I, I must completely disagree with you, but <laughs> the better balance with a left footer. Um, but yeah, we, we were in Chicago, weren't we, for the press conference and the first time we spoke to Pep since Jorginho had not signed for the club, and he's listing his all the options he's got in defensive midfield, so he doesn't have to sign somebody else. And sat next to him is Inchenko, and he's listing all these players, and he says, and of course. Alex Sinchenko can play in that position, and you know we all thought it was just kind of him being remembering he was in the room with him. Um, but you were you were quite impressed with him last night, didn't you?
2: Yeah, yeah, he played there for a half. I thought he he was pulling the strings. You could see him actually. I know he's in a way he's one of the senior players in that team because it's such a young team. But he was he was shouting the odds. He was he was sort of organising as well. Um, the way he shaped up on this tour, we were watching him train as well, weren't we? Open training in uh in New York, uh, up at the the Orange Bird Training Centre, uh, New York City's training training ground, and he was um, he was quite impressive in training as well. He was doing the same thing. He w- he wasn't he wasn't playing left back as he was forced to do last season. He was right in the thick of it. He was getting on the ball. He was trying to make things happen. Uh, there was one point where he, he got on the ball and a neat little turn and burst through two players and hit the post. And we could hear. Um, I think it was Mikel Arteta was shouting, Yes, Alex! Yes, Alex! So, you know, he's obviously, he's been told this summer, if he wants to go, he can go. Um, And we know that Wolves have been sniffing around him, we know Fulham have been sniffing around him. Uh, But he clearly wants to stay. You know, he had a taste of it last season. Uh, He obviously really enjoyed himself in that title winning season. He didn't play a lot and he played out of position. Um, but we all saw him on the final day, absolutely lapping it up. And he is still a young player, you know. You forget that he's, he's what is he? Is he, he
0: twenty one? I think. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, so there's the room, big room for improvement. And it's interesting. what well, it has been interesting to see him in something that was. I don't think that is his natural position. That holding midfield. I think he plays more, You know, he played further forward yeah. when he was at Ufa, and he, he played further forward for the Ukraine. But um, just just being central to things, he, he had that little chance and I thought he seized it. But then, unfortunately, Pep wanted to bring Claudio Gomez in in the second half, so he then gets bumped out to left-back again and he looked dreadful, <laughs> you know, as he did the other night uh, in Chicago as well. I mean, left-back's fine for him as long as he's playing in that City first team and they're on the front foot. Um, and then he's, he doesn't have to do a lot of defending. Uh, when he has some defending to do, we could see a bit of calamity, so he, you know, he, he needs to be kept away from that position. And if he's happy to to get in the queue and try and try and be that backup for Fernandinho, I mean, there is a position there, and it's not not a huge amount of competition. There's, you know, there's Gundogan, there's Fabian Delph, who will also be Mendy's backup, of course, at left back, um, and and the new kid, Claudio Gomez. But if, if he sort of shapes up to be a, a first team player this season. So you know, it's not beyond the realms that he could be. Uh, he, he could be uh, in the first team reckoning in a midfield position, and then that's that's his dream,
1: obviously. The way this is worked out because of the World Cup and the fact that the players arrive late, um, and the opportunity that they're having now in pre-season, and also that the transfer deadline is is weeks earlier than it was because of the new deadline being on the Thursday before the first Premier League game. You you think, I do anyway, that these young players have got a bigger opportunity this year than they've ever had before. Mm -hmm. And if uh, it turned, especially because Giorgino didn't happen, if Zinchenko, if Garcia, if Nemecha, if any of these players impress, I think Pep's the type of coach by the sense of it who would who would give him a chance you know because he did it last year when he was in, in adversity as it were and if I was in Chenko's advisor just to use him as an example I'd say listen stay till Christmas see what happens up till Christmas and if you still want to go out because I understand he's a young player and you want to play football and you want to establish yourself whether it be on loan or in a permanent deal do it then but at least give yourself six months mm. to see how things settle down because I think you know City are not going to be able to do big headline signings now, or very difficult in the time that's left because it's soon ticking away, isn't it?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we haven't seen a lot of him.
2: Uh, you know, we only, we've only really seen him playing at left back for City, and he it is difficult. You know, I get the, he looks like a player who's grown in confidence, you know, from, from what he did last season uh, and who, who may be ready to, to step up. I mean, he's, he's still got a long way to go. He's not going to be. He's certainly not going to be breaking into that midfield of Silva, De Bruyne, and Fernandinho. But you know, if if he can become a useful addition to the squad, he's he's got half a chance.
1: Riyad Mahrez's signing is not going to help him, is it? He? Because he's a left-footed <coughs> player who is an offensive left-footed player, and that's exactly what Zinchenk ultimately wants to be. So, mm. but you know, as I said, he's he's got a chance, <coughs> just like some of the others have. And who knows who could emerge from the pack.
0: Yeah there's um I mean Luke Bolton played very well against Liverpool. He's some one that probably no one really knew anything about before the before the tour. Uh, right winger played at right back in the first game, played at right wing back in the the second game and uh, and looked really good. I mean in terms of his development, I think um you've got Kyle Walker and you've got Danilo and if they're playing 3-5-2 then you can probably add Sterling or Mares or somebody else into that spot for wing back um, but I can see Bolton getting a really good loan I think it's a great chance for these youngsters to put themselves in the spotlight and get a lot more eyes on them to uh, to get playing competitive football because more and more you need regular football if you're going to break through.
1: You know who Luke Bolton reminds me of and I've seen him play a few times in that right wing position he um, reminds me a little bit of David White in that when David White played in the youth team in his era, um, he wasn't necessarily the player that stood out technically. You know, when you've got uh, Paul Lake, and yeah. you've got Brighty and, and Molden who used to score a lot of goals and plays like that, David was seen as a player who was very pacey, um, you know, great crosser of a ball and in fact a good finish as well. Um, and this isn't being unkind to David, because I'm a big David White fan, but he, he was seen as a player, at least I thought at the time, he had less less natural ability than some of the others, but his intelligence, his football intelligence, and the fact that he knew how to get the best of out of himself, actually meant that he, he, he be, ultimately became a better player than some of the others. I mean, he played for England, David, and yeah. you know, we, we know he played for other clubs as well, and I, I look at Luke Bolton and I think... He isn't. He isn't Diaz. He isn't going to weave around players or score fantastic goals. Foden, you know, is this receiver and deliverer of, of passes. And if he develops the way everybody wants him to, then he's going to be, in theory, a David Silva type of character. Um, th- Luke Bolton doesn't fit any of that you know, you don't look at him and think oh he's an exciting player and again I'm not being unkind to him he's a player who seems to me to to, to have a function within the yeah. team yeah, that he yeah. fulfils very very well but perhaps there aren't any airs and graces about him now you're right he, he played at right back he's played at right wing he's, never, he's not done badly uh, in either performance he can cross a ball you know he he does have that, and if, if he can develop in the same way, he might be one of those surprises that comes through the youth team. That, on first viewing, you wouldn't necessarily be the one that you wouldn't pick him out. I must say, I I think I mean I was impressed with
2: him, and I, I've seen him play for the youth team. He's got great pace, uh, and he's got huge desire as well. I mean, I, I thought he he was chasing up and down last night, and really putting heart and soul into it, and that that impressed me as well. You know, he's he's clearly a lad who's who's been given a chance and has gone out to, to gone to, to take it the other thing that concerned me I, I've not seen as much of him probably as you two have um, but you kind of think I know what you're saying about it, he is sort of one dimensional in that, in that respect and there's nothing wrong with that a lot of players have made great careers out of being one, like David White as you said um, but I just think Guardiola goes for multifunctional players doesn't he he goes for players who you can drop in just about anywhere on the park and they'll do a job for you uh, I'm not sure he could do that. He certainly couldn't play him in midfield because he is all about his pace. He's about getting, you know, getting out the the fullback and getting a crossing. Um, so that that would be my only concern. I mean, I, I might be wrong. There might be. Uh, I mean, he's he's been he's been here for a while now, and he's been kept on. So the, obviously the coaches are seeing something in him um, that perhaps we haven't we haven't seen him, certainly in certainly these two tour games, but. Uh, I was really impressed, and he's, from what I've seen, he's got a good career ahead of him. Possibly not at City, but that's the beauty of, of an academy like City. Is you're not just making players for City because that is very difficult to do. You make it. Hopefully, you're making players who can go on and have good careers elsewhere as well. And I would put Luke Bolton. I hope he proves me wrong because I like the look of him, and I like I like players who've got that hunger and that desire as he showed. But I, I would put him in that pigeonhole of. Perhaps a player who, who will go elsewhere and, and have a good
1: career. Can I ask you two a question? Because it's no. sort of on that loop Bolton thing. No, absolutely theme. not. <laughs> is it Capital cities? I'm good at Capital <laughs> City. So. Um, he picked Pep virtually the same starting 11 in both games. Uh, now, before this tour started, especially when I f- thought, saw the first 11 that started in Chicago, I assumed that at, what had happened is at half time another 11 had play and then by the second and certainly by the third game you might see the best of it all come together in one final game we haven't seen that we've seen as I say sort of the same team more or less start both games and whilst there have been tweaks it hasn't been quite the wholesale you know change of, of personnel now you have hinted that it might be to do with a sort of you know pat on the back for the for the players who played in the first game do you think that's what it's all about why, you know why is Sane not starting these games and you know what wouldn't you know, wouldn't you wanting to see them the best players all together at one one stage? Is it Uh Cy might be in a better because 'cause he's been he's been doing the
2: Pep match press conferences well. I've been hunting players and stuff. Um that's but,
0: your way of saying you've not got an answer, isn't it? No. <laughs> no.
2: But I sometimes think that people read too much into pre season games. True and I, yeah. I I genuinely think that I don't think the Pep Guardiola sits down with his coach and stuff the night before and says we're going to play I think it's basically a case of uh, right scribble some names down but yeah that'll do that'll, yeah that looks like a team I can, understa- then, yeah, I you can know, understand
1: I d- that but but certain, you know, wouldn't you have thought having played that 11 for a lot of the first game mm. in the
0: second game you'd go right well
1: who didn't play in the last one
0: I, I think it's a lot of I don't use the term crisis management but <laughs> you, have, you have done, you it, have done. It, it, it's kind of crisis management like you know they're, <laughs> they're not they're not in a terrible position but they've not got 15 first teamers because they're at the World Cup so like with Leroy Sane for instance there he has to be at 100% for the start of the season because he's one of the few players yeah. first team stars that they've got so, first game, he wasn't fit to play more than 15, 20 minutes. Second game, he wasn't fit to play more than a half. He might play 60, 75 against Bayern, and then maybe the full game in the, the Community Shield. But you have to work up. He's
1: played a lot um, of Mahrez, though, hasn't he?
0: He has, but Mahrez has had a full, a full pre-season. And the same, you know, Bernardo told us the other day that they've, they've asked him back early. Um,
1: so I, I, just let me check that because there'll be fans like me thinking Marez has had a full pre-season. So he was at Leicester doing pre-season before he signed for City. Is that what you're saying? No, he, no, he no, he was um, he
2: was allowed not to go. He, he was due he, he was back late. Well, he was due back late for Leicester because he played for Algeria in a, pre, in a post-season game. So he had an extra week off. People read a lot into that, but I'd actually. So, believe me, had
1: a complete summer. Well, he Ma- didn't get called up for Germany, Mares so surely had, um, he should be at the same point. Mariz. No, because
0: Sane only came out for the tour, whereas Mariz was in Manchester the week before training with the first team. So again, so he's a week ahead.
1: Speaking now as a fan, why did Sane not start a week ahead?
0: Because he was involved later in the summer because he was at the Germany training camp, wasn't he? And as well, you've got a. Protect your stars and treat them as, Mara, as you see Mara's fit and star, like. he? Yeah, he is.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't know the dates, but Maras was involved in inter- internationals. He, he wasn't in a World Cup squad. Sane was in a World Cup squad until he narrowed it down to twenty three, and then he was flirted. So okay, well, but from but that point, I, it was
0: and then to, to pick up on your other point, I think again. Pep wants to see wants to get certain things from the games, but he admits that he can't get a lot. So if he wants to see how Claudio Gomez does in defensive midfield, or if he wants to see how I don't know how Eric Garcia coach or how Phil Foden and Brahim Diaz are in midfield, he'll put them in their positions and then somebody else he'll say right I need left winger to be able to see how they do, and he won't say oh well Jack Harrison played the last game, so we'll give Patrick Roberts because he's not going to use either of them so he may as well just have a natural left footed winger to give Foden mm-hmm. and Brahim the best chance of of showing what they can do um, so I mean that's why you can't read too much into these games at all because they've got such a depleted squad but no doubt the, um, the, the first chapters are being written of Liverpool's uh, title winning book
2: <laughs> can, can I just say that the highlight for me last night was Joe Hart pulling off a, he was a back, a back heel nutmeg on Mo Salah yeah, yeah, I mean that, that was, was the act game. of a man who was like I don't really give a stuff anymore I'm going to do exactly what I think and it reminded me um, I was out in LA when it was like seven years ago now pre preseason game against LA Galaxy and City were clearly much better than LA, LA Galaxy and they were strolling through the game you probably remember this but uh, Mario Balotelli was presented with an open goal and decided to try and backheel it in instead of just putting <laughs> it in normally. And Roberto Mancini hauled him off straight away and was incandescent afterwards. I mean, he was quite a volatile man anyway, Mancini. But I don't think I've ever seen him as angry <laughs> as he was. I thought we thought he was going to kill Mario the way he was. He was ranting and raving. And I just uh, really, I, I, we should have looked to see how Pep reacted to that. To that. Because managers look at these things differently, don't they? You know? We, <laughs> we just do. It like, yeah. And, if, and it, it's fun because it came off. It was fantastic, and well, they would giggle about it. But if it had, if it had back here against Salah's shins, and then Salah goes and puts it in the empty net, I don't think, uh, I don't think Pep would have been best pleased with it.
1: To be fair, I tell you what, Joe Hart played well, didn't he, in that second half? Yes, yes. made yeah, some great saves. Yeah, shows yeah. his professionalism. No yeah, he gave, yeah. Us a, gave
2: us a reminder of uh, the fact that he, he has been a top keeper. Yeah, uh, we just hope that he, something could come of it and he can uh, get himself fixed up. Hopefully, there's a few people watching it. And I uh, think actually, yeah, he he, he has still got it. He's not completely lost it as we, we were worried that he might have done last season.
1: Personally, I thought seeing Gomez was exciting. There were a couple of crossfield balls that he did that were just on. Yeah. spot Weren't they? Yeah. Um, it's too early to really make a proper assessment of him, but they were very encouraging signs. Yeah. And obviously he came out on this tour as a 17-year-old, uh, and now he's turned 18. He's signed for the club, and and uh, he, he's he's part of the future. You know, you would think, but haven't there been hints that he might go out on loan? Or what's the latest on on that? I've not heard of that. I
0: think it's it's very much there is uh, you know there's one game to go here in Miami. There's a Community Shield against Chelsea. Um, I don't think we've seen anything from anyone that says they should definitely be in the first team squad next season from the youngsters like Gomez and and yeah. the rest. But equally, we've not said they should not be in the first team squad. It's there's a lot to play for for these kids, even if. Pep can't take too much from the whole, the whole tour. So, you know, if one of them puts in a performance against Bayern Munich, or if they show showing what they can do in training, then there's every chance that they can make the first team squad for the season. But, but you know, someone like Gomez, they've said will need to be playing regular football. So, if they can't offer him that at the Etihad, then you'd think he'd uh, he'd get alone.
2: They have said that, but before he came we were led to believe that he came to City because he'd been told he'd be getting first team he'd be with the first team squad so you kind of think if he's under the impression that that's what's going to happen he's going to be training with the first team squad and also the fact that they announced him yeah, the yeah, yeah. city don't do that with kids now. No. They they play it down as much as possible. They, they reluctantly tell us about it. Yeah. Um but they don't want you sort of writing lots about it. But they actually announced him pictures of him with his shirt. Yeah. So that would to me would indicate that they do see him as being part of the first team squad.
0: Yeah, and uh we we caught up with Phil Foden, didn't we, at the the New York training ground as well? Yeah. Speaking to him, and, you know, he's been talked about alone or whether he's going to stay at the club. And he, he said, didn't he, that um, Pep sees his future with him mm. and he wants to stay close to Pep. It wasn't even, you know, I've been promised I'm going to get 30 games or anything. It was staying close for that development. and
2: Yeah, learning. I mean, he, yeah, he just. He seems happy enough. Just and there's this clamour, isn't there? I think the fans are more upset and worried about the number of games <laughs> Phil Foden gets. than Phil Foden is—he always seems. I mean, you don't see him. Obviously, we don't see him when he's he's away from uh, away from the spotlight. But you know, he, he seems perfectly happy, and he's uh, you know that he's learning and he's he's gradual. I mean, he he told us he talks about how he does. He's doing a lot of gym work after training as well, and that has always been a a worry about him coming right through the ranks. I mean, yeah. we know Steve Ayer don't we? Who coached him when he was younger, and he, the coaches who've had him when he was younger, always had that slight concern about his physique. You know, he's not he's not a well built lad. He's not he's not the strongest. And if you like that, if you are a slight lad, you've got to have a bit of inner strength about you. Either that, or you've got to be in, incredibly good balance. I mean, I'm thinking of David Silver here. Who's, who's a small lad but he's he's very strong for his size yeah uh and he's got a fantastic balance uh and he he, he makes he makes the fact that he isn't that muscular work for him you know he'll, he'll bounce off players and use that bounce to set the ball away and stuff like that and perhaps that's where folder needs to be going but he, he is he's, he sort of said he's working on his physique as well uh but yeah he, he just doesn't seem it doesn't seem I mean the fact that he's he's you know he won the England the, the World Cup with England under 17s last summer he would have been in the England under 19s for these European Championships wasn't it yes yeah, yeah. he would have been in that um, this summer um, but he gave up the chance to go on that because he sees it as more important to be with the first team squad to play with seniors to, to play you know and to play against I mean great experience from last night up against James Milner and yeah. Aldam and, and Mo Salah and all these players um, and that's that's why he didn't take the opportunity of going off with England under 19. And he, you know, he's, he's clearly you get the feeling he's been quite well advised in terms of don't don't get ahead of yourself. Don't worry if you're not getting in the first team every week. You know, he's, he's got a Premier League winners medal at the age of 17, <laughs> and I know he didn't play like vast amounts of games, but he played a fair bit for a 17.
0: You know, played kid. played enough to qualify for a medal.
2: Exactly, and, he, and he's 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 on the fringes of the team that's far and away the best team in the country yeah. for, the, for the last year and to get any kind of time in that team is absolute gold for him. It,
0: it was also notable he, um as well as having Guardiola this ex-midfielder he, he said he spends, spends quite a bit of time with Mikel Arteta as well after training now Mikel Arteta has been credited with uh, helping Sterling with his finishing after after training and bringing him on and you know relaying Pep's instructions so Sterling had a, a kind of light bulb moment last year when his finishing dramatically improved so you wonder whether something is around the corner for, for Phil without putting too much pressure on him.
1: That's the trouble with uh, the with- Ford and the amount of pressure that is being put on him. Yeah. And uh, Stuart's right, by the fans as much as anything, because he's one of our own and he's from Stockport and he's an academy product and you feel that both inside the club and with the fans that there is a huge amount of pressure on him. I can't help feeling sorry for him because that expectation level must be a bit hard to carry on your shoulders. I mean, clearly when he's out and about with his mates, everybody will be talking about it and everybody knows what he's doing and how well he's progressed etc and i just feel that's a big weight to carry for such a youngster i know i know youngsters have to eventually deal with this sort of thing And quite frankly i don't understand how they deal with it when they get all the money and all the fame and adulation at such a young age because you know how, how how on earth do you retain any sort of level headedness in that situation um he's yet to um really show certainly in this tour um, anything special, actually? Him and Diaz, I think, have been a little bit disappointing. Savage. And I'm, and I've been, uh, you know, a big fan, particularly of, uh, of Diaz, but but of both of them. And uh, other players uh, like Garcia, Nemecha, uh have stood out for me more. Um, and you know, I hope, I hope that uh, there isn't that weight of expectation that is uh, is weighing down on him. And when when you see him. Back in England, and he comes on as a substitute or whatever, the whole ground erupts almost. You know, oh, it's Phil Foley and give him, you know, get him on and all the rest of it. And you think, well, you know, come on, he's only a kid, he's got to <laughs> got to develop at his own pace here.
2: Yeah, I think that, I mean, it, it'll be, he's better with the first team because he, when he comes on in games like that or starts in games like that, he's looking around him, he's got Silva, De Bruyne, Fernandinho, Gundogan all top class international players around him and he's he doesn't have to he's, he's not he's just a the kid then who's sort of slotting in amongst them and, and playing off them uh, and the burden I don't think the burden's on him at that point but in a lot of ways I think the burden is on him in this tour because he's a senior professional on this tour you know he's got vast, lots more experience than than even older players you know I, you, well yeah you could argue Jason Denea and people like that who are what 21 22 is he Denea now Um i know he's played in turkey he's played a lot of games at that level but he's, he's not played it he's not played premier league games or the way Foden has uh so, so Foden and diaz are kind of the season pros in that city midfield on this tour um we did ask him about that and he, he said yeah you know but it's time for me to start taking more responsibility but he won't be given that next season you know he won't he won't be Sort of thrown into a game, unless it's a League Cup game or something like that, he's not going to be thrown into a big game and so, Right, you know, you're the man today, you need to go out and make things happen. It's always going to be him as uh, as a player who's playing alongside the players who,
1: who do it for City all the time. You mentioned Jason Denea there. I must admit, when I knew he was going to be on this tour, I was thinking, I wonder if he's going to be the answer to this sort of central defensive. Situation because if City are going to go with three at the back in central defence, which is a possibility, or even without that, with the injury record that Vincent Kompany's had, etc., you wonder if after having had this experience now, Jason Denea could actually be a surprise answer to it all because he has got quite a bit of experience, even though it's not in the Premier League. But again, he's not really, and you know, put himself in in that. I mean I know know fans listening to this will go, listen these are only training games, they mean nothing because I'm getting all that sort of feedback on, on social media and I know that better than anybody else, I know I've watched loads of these games down the years and I always said to everybody don't worry about the results, don't worry about anything really about it, it's about getting players fit, getting up to match fitness This season is slightly different because so few of them are actually able to use these games to get up to match fitness because most of them still haven't joined uh, the club again after the summer. But the ones who are there, yes, they're they're just trying to get themselves up to speed and and get themselves fully fit, like you mentioned with Sane. But for Jason Denea, he has an opportunity now for probably the first time. And maybe Patrick Roberts falls into this category as well. They've spent time out on loan. They've made impacts that have been you know, pretty impressive, really, by their club standards. And now they have a chance in front of Pep Guardiola to say, "Come on, I can, I can do it for this club. I want to come back here." You know, it, what, what is in Roberts's head? You know, does he, does he think, you know, what? I, I want to come back to City and I want to play for City. Is, is that in Danae's head, uh-huh. or are they thinking, "I'm just back here for a bit, and then I'll go back to where where I was before"? And yeah, I, Bern, I think I think
2: they're playing for futures elsewhere. Like it's a shame, isn't I it? Don't. Because they're both talented. They are, but are they talented enough? Well, that's the question. in this city team. Yeah, that's I mean, the you've question. Got to be, you got to be something extra special, haven't you, to to make your way in in this squad? Um, everything I've seen of Patrick Roberts, he's got loads of ability, but I, I worry about his mentality. I don't think he he, get, he doesn't look like a player who wants it badly enough for me. You know,
0: it's a bit of a worry if he's not started either game not really yeah. yeah, come on for many minutes at all you've got to think there must be a reason why mm. someone like Jack Harrison is getting ahead of him for instance well,
1: when you were talking about Zinchenko shouting in that holding midfield role you'd like to think I mean we in both these games we've been in glass press boxes were you, you know miles away from the pitch. I don't know how you knew they were Zinchenko was shouting so I'm a great lip reader <laughs> but what, why is Danae not doing all that why is Danae not you know come on I've played it you know in, in Champions League and stuff like that now and I'm I'm going to run this defence I'm going to show what I can do maybe he was
2: maybe he was I, I noticed Zinchenko doing it because he was standing in the middle of the pitch and he <laughs> was pointing and demanding the ball and you, could, you could see him he was sort of being quite Steve McMahon esque. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> um but maybe maybe he was doing, I don't know. Mm. It was interesting last night though the um the Liverpool reaction, I thought. Yes. Which was uh you yeah. know some of our uh, our Merseyside colleagues. I noticed that the one phrase that was used uh was that Liverpool had, had won nearly bragging rights for the season and I, the only thing I could think of was well, the, the bragging rights for what for the for the under 18s <laughs> Premier League or something because you know the team that they had out should have been putting six past that City team you know with well, a bunch it, of kids but
0: yeah we were being a bit facetious not like us on the last podcast preview in the game saying you know City would expect a bit of a beating mm. um, and I think City came out of it really well last night yeah, yeah they, they did they looked like a Pep Guardiola team and they had yeah very good spells against a Liverpool team with what Van Dijk uh, Salah and Mane obviously in the second half but... they mentioned bullied Van Dijk oh yeah bullied him yeah he was really good so he yeah. could have had a few penalties but we won't
1: well there's all that to talk and, about and i sure sh- there will be fans who Salah, was the, Salah was offside for the first yeah, goal yeah exactly but, what would been the decision who I mean, that, pe- that that penalty at the end play on, play on oh no you've not got the ball so we'll give you a penalty yeah. you can't imagine yeah. that
0: I'm in the Premier League yeah yeah <laughs> but as we say results uh, do not matter at this stage um, we will end I think on the fans because you're out roving and finding uh, pockets of fans everywhere wherever you go cheesy and this tour part of the reason they come to places like this is to promote the club and promote you know their their brand has there been a lot of buzz would you say around city
1: i think it's fair to say that the the city fans and i've spoken to a lot of them um are realistic in their expectation have been realistic in their expectation they, they understand that the, the stars aren't here. They understand that it's it's youth players. And I think they see the tour as an opportunity because they're based over here, a lot of them, uh, to socialise more than actually analyse and think about a game. Right? Uh, they all dream of coming to Manchester. They all want to watch the Premier League. They know the difference between that and what they're watching here. I did talk to one... Borussia Dortmund fan who was very upset on one of the vlogs that I did, um, saying you know we're a bit mis-sold here. Now he may have, and he was blaming City for that, and he he may have watched an advert that that's been playing in American TV or wherever, saying you know come and watch the stars. And I mean I'm I'm a, you know supposing here. That uh, he thought, well, you know, yeah, I'll go and watch some of these stars, and he's got to the game and not been as as informed as we are, yeah, or that that the in the North City, and then thought, what the hell is going on here? And he said to me, uh, you know, he'd paid eighty dollars for a ticket. He then mentioned thirty dollars for a split scarf. Well, don't buy a split scarf anyway. That's <laughs> stupid. And food, and and obviously we know from from being here ourselves how expensive things like the car park are. You know, I think it was about $30 to park at the stadium last night, uh, an hour and a half queue to get an Uber to get away because the stadium was in the middle of nowhere. So, when you add all those types of factors in, it has been very expensive for them. But I think most of the ones I've spoken to, anyway, um, and maybe they're different because they've been at the city specific events, so that means they're a bit more clued in, have been very realistic about it. And the crowds, well, you know what was it last night? Thirty-six thousand something like that. <laughs> it was, it was sorry, yes, yeah. the, the first one was about thirty-six, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know th- those are. You know when you think that, that they're paying seventy-eight dollars a ticket, mm. it's actually pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, to, to say that I mean, again, you've got to be realistic here. Liverpool fans outnumbered City massively. At the game in New York last night. Um, Perhaps not quite as much as it was when City played Liverpool last time at Yankee Stadium. So there's definitely a growth. You can see the growth, yeah. um, but um, still outnumbering City quite dramatically. Um, but the fact that, that there are people who want to come along and watch these games—if these games were in Manchester and people would and imagine if City charged eighty quid to play Liverpool in a pre-match, pre-season friendly, there'd be nobody there, would there? Yes, especially when. Everybody, most people know that it's
2: it's going to be the third team. It's going to be yeah, nothing like the first team. Yeah. But I,
1: no, I, th- I think the fans have, have, have enjoyed, as I say, more of a, as a as an excuse to to come and watch the team, and you know, even Moonchester and Moonbeam, you know, are as exciting, <laughs> you know, for a lot of the, those fans to to meet them as has actually seen the team and, and their dreams are that they're seeing a player play. They, they've seen Riyad Mahrez, for example, pulling a blue shirt for the first time. But even these kids you know, that are coming through, they might have seen the first signs, of, let's say, of, of uh, Eric Garcia becoming a first-team star or Lucas Nemecha being a first-team star. So, And you could argue, if you want to look at it the other way, that some of them have seen the last appearance maybe in a City shirt of Joe Hart. After his yeah. amazing career with the Blues, so there are still things that they can take away from this and and think,
0: well, you know, I was there, and that that's, I think, what they think valuable experiences. Then, hmm. right? I think that's it. that's us done um, for another episode. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on iTunes and Acast for Talking City, and we will hopefully be back with you for another episode very soon after the the game against Bayern in a couple of days